This is my boomstick. Groovy. That's right. Shop smart. Shop smart. Hail to the king, baby. Bruce Campbell was here in Tucson just the other day for a book signing, and I was lucky enough to be able to get up there and get a copy of the book and get it signed and meet him real quick. So uh, I recorded the talk and the uh, the reading he did from his book before the uh, signing started, and I hope you guys like it. Tucson, how are you? Great state of Arizona, beautiful state. Grand Canyon State, right? Yeah. No, whatever. I'm not here uh, tonight as an actor. I'm an author. So I'll be reading from my latest book. Uh, thank you for making it a New York Times bestseller. Thank you very much. earn money from the coal mines of Arizona. Uh, you put my kids through college. I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to read a little piece from um, those of you who would like to follow along tonight to see all the mistakes that I make. Read my own book. Oh, nice. Put that beer bottle in. You're from old Tucson. I mean. I was here, I made a movie in old Tucson. The Quick of the Dead, thank you very much. For mentioning a scene that I was cut out of. Yeah. I was doing The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. One day off, I'm gonna come and visit my friend Sam Raimi making The Quick and the Dead in old Tucson because he was doing a Western. I love Westerns, and I was doing a Western TV show. I'm like, let's go see Sam direct Gene Hackman, Sharon Stone, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Russell Crowe in this movie. All big shots. Most of them were semi-unknown at that time. So I go to visit him with no intention whatsoever of being in his movie. The second he sees me, he goes, come here. I'm going to put you in the movie. I'm like, no, no, don't, don't. I'm just here to visit you and watch you get yelled at by Gene Hackman. That's all, that's all I'm here for today. He goes, no, no, um, come here. Let's go to the, uh, let's go to wardrobe department. So he drags me in there. He goes, here, make him look like he used to have money, and now he doesn't. And he slept last night in a ditch. He's covered with dirt and... <laughs> bad things, human excrement, a little bit. So I, I get in that, then he comes in and drags me to the, the makeup department. Come here. Okay, make him look like he used to have money, now he doesn't. Give him a, a sore on his lip like he has syphilis of some kind. 
Yes, it's very unappealing. I'm like, why, Sam? Why? He goes, shut up. You don't need to know. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. That's how Sam deals with me. This is an old friend of mine from high school who's now directing this big movie. Well, there was an actor named Pat Hingle. For those of you who are aficionados, Pat Hingle, great character actor, was, has 400 million movie credits. He was in everything you've ever seen, Pat Hingle. But he was a very persnickety actor. And he kept following Sam around because in the movie, his daughter was approached by a very disreputable man and turned into a prostitute. You're nodding gravely here. <laughs> he had a great scene, that's right. And so he was bugging Sam, saying, I'd never defend my daughter. I never do anything to stand up for my daughter. He was very upset about this. So Sam goes, okay, okay, Pat, we're gonna shoot a scene where you defend your daughter. And I got just the actor to do it with. <laughs> so he grabs me, introduces me to Pat Hingle. Hi, Pat, this is Bruce. Don't worry about him. He's a stunt guy. He's like, oh, this is not going to go well. He goes, Pat, remember you had that great note that your character never defends? Well, we're going to shoot a scene now with this guy over here, this guy, Bruce, whatever his name is, don't worry about it. He's going to come up to your daughter and say, hey, girly girl, Let's do the devil's dance. I'm like, no, I'm gonna say that? He's like, shut up. shut up. And then Pat, when you hear him say that to your daughter, you come up behind him, you get him around the neck. And I mean, you get him. He's just, I cast a stunt guy for this. That ain't no idea who I was. You get him around the neck and you say, you stay away from my daughter. And then you shove away and you kick him in the ass, Pat. And I mean, you kick him in the ass. We did 15 of those takes. Time, Sam kept going, Pat, you were great. You need to really kick this guy in the ass. Because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe you were really defending your daughter. Take 15, Pat Engel walks away, the happiest actor on the planet. My neck is half broken and my ass hurts quite a bit. And Sam walks up to me and goes, thanks, pal, appreciate it. We're not even gonna print the, print the negative. That was just to shut Pat Hingle up. Some directors just want to shut actors up, so just shut up. That was my experience. Uh, I've never been back to Arizona since. Wow, that just came back to me. Oh, Phoenix, I, well, I'm going there next, but that's, that's, that's different. That's Phoenix, that's, that's another world, Phoenix. They don't care about Phoenix think about you guys. <laughs> yeah, my sister's there. Okay. Oh, yay, Phoenix. <laughs> to change the fact that it's still Phoenix, man. It's like Los Angeles in the desert. Song <laughs> has nowhere to go but everywhere else. <laughs> I have no problem with Phoenix, man. Good people in Phoenix. Really, really good people. Right to carry in Phoenix. And... <laughs> Who's your sheriff? Who's the guy? <laughs> See, that guy, boy, he needs a movie made about him. <laughs> right, I'm going to tell you a brief, I'm going to read a brief section from, uh, it's called Attack of the Screaming Brain. Starts on page 98 at the bottom about making a movie in Bulgaria. Sofia, Bulgaria. Bulgaria used to be a Soviet satellite for 40 years. 
and late 80s, Cold War ends, they're no longer a satellite country, they're becoming their own, their own entity and they're embracing communism and by doing that, they're making every movie that the Sci-Fi Channel makes, by the way, is <laughs> in Bulgaria. And that's why you ask yourself when you watch those movies, you go, why does that look so weird? Because it's shot in Bulgaria. <laughs> Nothing looks like the United States in Bulgaria. They have these Russian SUVs that are left over uh, that are the largest, weirdest machines you've ever seen. They have German... German cars that were, they were, the exterior was a, a, like a paper shell. Yeah, you could kick your foot through it if you got really drunk, and then you could flip it over. Like, the two buddies could flip the car over. And then you had uh, bands of gypsies driving up the freeway exit ramps, merging the wrong way onto the freeways, because they don't, have any rules in their world. <laughs> so it's a weird place to make a movie. I'll just leave it at that. So we're making this movie called Man with the Screaming Brain. That's right. Nobody saw it. That's right. <laughs> so I decided to write about it since nobody bothered to see the damn thing. So I need a Vespa in this movie. What comes with shooting in countries with far greater needs than those of an American exploitation film is what I call the Bulgarian box of chocolates, whereby you never really know day to day what you're gonna get. Now, why, by the way, why would we make this movie in, in Sofia, Bulgaria? Why would you go there? Nobody speaks English, and I mean nobody speaks English over there. Why would you go there? Cheap, did I hear? Yes, when we filmed there, the average Bulgarian made $110 a month. That's hard to beat. <laughs> Nothing else makes sense though. Nothing else makes sense to shoot there, except that. And that was good enough for the sci-fi channel. <laughs> it's not their problem. They go, that's fine. We know. We know it doesn't look like anywhere in the United States. We know. Work it out. Work it out. <laughs> a key scene in the film involved a Vespa. I'll spare you the narrative details of why it was critical. But the Vespa had to be pink, with streamers from the handlebars, and it had to be completely destroyed on film. At the time, I felt that my first meeting with the transportation department had gone well. Since only a small handful of crew members spoke English, my translator, Asia, was there as well. We discussed the alleged Vespa with Yuri, the head of the transport department. Now look, Yuri, I remember saying, I'm assuming that when I say a Vespa, we're all talking about the same type of machine. I brought this up because of the array of odd vehicles I had seen on the Bulgarian roads, and I drew a crude picture on my dry erase board. Of course, Yuri nodded in recognition, no problem. And I can paint it pink, right? Yeah, of course, Yuri said, rolling his head from side to side in the Bulgarian way of expressing understood, which was this. <laughs> you know, was that a yes or a no? This was yes, believe it or not. This was, this was yes. This, uh, yeah, it was very confusing. <laughs> about a week later, I passed Yuri in the hallway of the production office, and I couldn't help but follow up on the Vespa. 
Although Asya, who was continually at my side, I asked, hey, Yuri, are we good with the Vespa? Yuri thrust a thumb in the air and smiled confidently. Of course, and we can paint it pink and wreck it, right? He responded simply by rolling his head in that, in that way. A week after that, with no Vespa news, I began to get nervous. We were only a few days away from needing it. I insisted that Yuri bring me an actual picture of the Vespa he intended to use. He did, in fact, produce a picture of a blue Vespa. That's fine, Yuri, but it's blue. Can we can paint it pink, right? Through translation, Yuri assured me, again, that it was not a problem. Okay, I said, chewing in my lower lip. We, we shoot that in two days. So, good luck to us all. <laughs> 48 hours later, the second unit was preparing for the shot of the Vespa, careening out of control, without a rider, smashing into the side of a parked car. I was filming in a laboratory set across the street, but peeked out when I had the chance. I was relieved to see the crew prepping a perfectly pink Vespa with cute girly tassels fluttering from the handlebar. <laughs> a few minutes later, the ill-fated machine was rolled to its doom. Bouncing off the parked car, it smashed to the ground and let out a final gasp courtesy of a cheesy spark effect. The crew applauded politely, as is usually the case after a stunt is performed. <laughs> but as I glanced at Asia, I was shocked to see tears streaming down her face. This was very unusual because Asia had always been very calm and professional. I looked at Joel, the first assistant director. Joel, why is Asia crying? Oh, that's because it's her Vespa. <laughs> Glancing at the smoldering wreck, it was a gift from her father on her birthday. I guess they never told her they were going to wreck it. <laughs> but she's the translator. She was there. How could she not know? Joel shrugged. Welcome to Bulgaria. So, I wrecked her Vespa that she got from her father. But she at least made a lot of money every month to pay it back. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder if a movie's really weird or looks weird. You go, why well, is that so weird? That's why your movies look so weird. Sometimes, because economically, there was no real reason to make a movie in Bulgaria. Um, we kept track of the pack of wild dogs that was right outside the production office. And I just got around it by taking a giant bag of dry dog food. And every morning that we would pull up, I'd get out and whistle as loud as I could and pour a big pile of it. And all these wild dogs would come out. And you wouldn't pet them because would, you would lose your fingers. But they would let you go to work that morning if you paid homage to them. That's a weird place. But bless them, good hard workers at $110 a month. Uh, but enough about me. Let's open it up to Tucsonians and what they need to know about anything randomly. <laughs> yes, right there. Yes. When is Ash vs. Evil Dead? When is Ash vs. Evil Dead going to what? Air in the new season? Yes. When you find out, give me a ring. <laughs> uh, Stars, I think, is going to move it to 2018, February. Oh. Better than canceling it. <laughs> <laughs> Try and find a better slot for it because the fall is just terrible. Did you have fun making burn notice? Did I have fun making burn notice? Yeah, because I was not the star of it. <laughs> <laughs> it got ha ha ha. 
Well, the guy who created burn notice explained to me, he goes, it's the baboon theory. The most pressure is on the number one baboon, because he's got to lead the tribe and, you know, and the, the second amount of pressure is on the little baboon, because everyone's sort of hitting and going, come on, keep up, keep up. The least pressure is on the number two baboon. So I'd have days where I'd show up on set, They'd film me walking to the end of a driveway, looking at my watch and then leaving, and I'd be done for the day. <laughs> at, wow. at the point I wouldn't, I'd tell the assistant directors, don't tell the star of the show that I was even here today. <laughs> He'll kill me. He's very upset. But it was, it was good, because it was a good part. Yeah, what? Yes, kid, yes, kid. <laughs> I have that effect on women. <laughs> Yes, sir. Did you like being uh, Ash from the Army of Darkness? Did I like being Ash from the Army of Darkness? Uh, no, sir, because the movie bombed and basically killed the franchise for 25 years. <laughs> Thank you for asking that question. Did you like watching it? That's all that really matters. I mean, you did. And you didn't pay for it anyway, so... Parents for showing that movie to you irresponsibly. <laughs> How old are you, kid? Uh, nine. nine. <laughs> okay. How old were you when you first saw the movie? Uh, four. Four. Got stoned and showed the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Look, at the end of the day, it's just talking skeletons, right? How bad could it be? It depends. You tell me how bad was it? Uh, I gave it a ten. All right, you can stay. When you were in college, Shame. 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 It was the, the the movie. It's a western. Yeah, they did a they did a play. I did a play a version of it in Ohio. Yeah. Yep. You're the one who saw it, sir. Yeah. You and man with the screaming brain. Yep. Yes, sir. My favorite horror movie of all time. Top three, uh, the original Exorcist. Yeah. The original Exorcist. Yeah. Because they cast real actors who made you think it was real. And they took a clinical approach, like they were going to scan the brain of this creature thinking it was a medical condition, thereby proving that it was just a condition, but they couldn't find anything. Um, thematically, the movie is really good because it's a priest who's doubting his faith. You're the one who has to perform an exorcism. The priest who's doubting his faith. You don't give that job to a cocky son of a bitch. You give it to someone who doubts their very existence. Isn't that great? That's what you do. It's like Ash vs. Evil Dead, the TV show. 
Ash should not be uh, trying to save the world at this point in his life. <laughs> that's what you. That's how you do it. That's that's when you tell that loser over the hill, you know, out of shape, bad habited guy to save the world. But he can't. He really can't. And I love that. So that's just one example. I won't go into every horror flick. Yes, back there. Thank you. Um, What's the one movie that maybe you were offered and then you you turned it down for whatever reason? One movie that I turned that I turned Star Wars down and regretted. <laughs> <laughs> and my son's name is Ash too, by the way. Oh, hi, Ash. <laughs> but not named after that dumb character, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just randomly oh, picked that name. Right? <laughs> it's what? It's because of you. It's because of me. <laughs> Sorry, kid. <laughs> Kids, kids show up at one of these book signings. He threw the book on the table. Goes sign my book. <laughs> okay. Now you're going fine. Sign it. What's your name? Ash. <laughs> I said no, it is not. He goes yeah. It was named after your stupid movie. <laughs> So I hope the doesn't have a cathartic moment in it, but... <laughs> <laughs> my book! He's four, when he's six, I'll let him watch it. Okay. Yeah, when, yeah, wait till he's six. <laughs> let a few more brain cells get formed. Uh, uh, yes, another kid who shouldn't, probably shouldn't be here. Yeah. Did you ever watch Adventures of Briscoe County Junior, sir? No. No. What, why are you here? What do you know me from? The Evil Dead. Oh my god! Is that mom behind you? Is that mom? Kid, how old are you? Eleven. When did you when were you first exposed illegally? Recently, like what, nine? Four. Around that age. Parents. What's your problem? These are unrated movies. Two out of three movies have no rating. Do you realize that? In darkness, they wanted to give us an, an NC-17. It was only Army of Darkness. It was only Army of Darkness. That's what we said to the ratings for you. Okay, no, it's not just Army of Darkness. It's Army of Darkness. It's just Army of Darkness. You know, kid, if the world was so easy like that, no idea how complicated the world is. You'll learn. Yes, over here. What's the worst set you've ever been on? Worst set? Yes. Oh. Worst set? Worst location? Uh, shooting us uh, on a secondary unit of Crime Wave, our second film that bombed, causing us to do Evil Dead 2. <laughs> shooting above the Belle Isle Bridge in the middle of the winter over the Detroit River. It was 30 below zero. And I lost the glove. And I realized if I didn't get it covered up, in about 14 seconds, I was going to die. <laughs> well, you shouldn't die for a movie, sir. You shouldn't. No. No. Uh, yes, back there. Have you ever gotten a hold of Raimi's classic? Ever gotten a hold of Raimi's classic? Sam Raimi's car, the 73 Delta 88. 
Sir, if you were to happen to watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, <laughs> and let me explain how easy it is to watch for those of you whiner babies who go, oh, I can't afford $6.95 a month. <laughs> Download the Stars app, 30 day free trial. Binge watch two seasons of Bash vs. Evil Dead later tonight. Delete the app tomorrow. I'm so sorry that was so difficult for you to find. Get back to your question, sir. If you had done that and watched the show, you would know that we're using the actual car in the show. It's 45 years old, the car, it was Sam's actual family car. His mother dropped us off to see Clockwork Orange in that car. She goes, have a good time with the movie, boy. How old were you with that one? Traumatized. She goes, that was the movie? Fine. So the same exact car, it's the same car, was put on a shipping container and shipped to Auckland, New Zealand. It had previously been in an undisclosed location with Dick Cheney. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a real car. We're still using it, that piece of crap car. <laughs> I hate that car. I will personally kill that car. I will find it and destroy it, which is why Sam will never tell me where it is. He knows I will send an assassin out to kill it. Yes. So, if you could choose any book, if I could, could choose the main any, hero any book. of that book, what book would it be? Any book of what? Who? Where? So if you could choose to be like the main role of any book in existence. The main role of any book in that existence. That would be made into a movie. That would be made into a movie. What would you I don't do? live in the fantasy land that you do. <laughs> as they come. Because otherwise it would be a lonely ass life imagining things that could be that never will be. I think you get my meaning. Yes, over there. Yes. Famous for all the ash things. But Famous I for all the ash things, but I always like to hear this. first with Hercules. Hercules is Zena, thank you. It was fun doing both of those shows. It was the guy show and the girl show. And my character, Autolycus, was all trying to get into Zena's pants. And she was always threatening to kick my ass. And working with Lucy Lawless was very, very difficult. Yeah, right. That's what I was going to ask. How was it uh, working with Lucy? Working with Lucy, how was it? What do you think, man? You've seen her, she's hot as hell. Yeah. And she's actually really sweet, which makes her even hotter. Because she's not a biatch in any way. So it makes her very accessible. But not that accessible. I never did her. I never did her. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> the funniest scene that I've ever shot. Scenes that I think are funny are usually not, ma'am. <laughs> that's tough. Like someone says, what was the funnest movie to make? Usually a movie that's easy to make is hard to watch. <laughs> so I don't know what's funny. What's your, what's your, what was your favorite? You, you're the one who, you pay for my stuff. <laughs> The other ash comes out of my shoulder in the Army of Darkness. I'm glad you enjoyed that.
Oh, did you? Yeah, you little freak, you would. But... Shoulder. What other movie would you ever see anything like that? You never would. So your little your little primitive brain is scarred for life. Look it off, kid. Yes, back there somewhere. Yes. What was it like to work with uh, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Yeah. Kurt Russell. We'd like to work with him on uh, Escape from L.A. And Sky High. Great. <laughs> like I never know what to say like that because it's, I'm not going to tell you if he was an asshole. What's great about Kurt? He had been around for he had made Disney movies. So for Sky High, he was actually perfect to use because when he was a kid, he did a bunch of Disney movies. You know, before he worked with Quentin Tarantino. You know. Uh, He's like a real, incredibly normal guy. Completely unaffected. Some actors who've been child actors are, they, they're selling coke in Miami right now. They go crazy, but no, he didn't. He did. He was great. Yeah, back there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What's the worst thing Sam has ever done to you on set? Worst thing Sam has ever done to me on set? I yeah, basically yeah. just explained it in my opening story. <laughs> yeah, you, were, you were late, so that's it. Let's do a couple more questions, then we'll get to uh, signing your stuff. Yes, right here. Yes, irresponsible mother. Other irresponsible mother. This should be like irresponsible mother club. <laughs> Yeah, that's this part. Yeah, must be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. The only video game I've ever been able to play. The only video game you've ever been able to play. That you've ever been able to win was Fistful of Boots. Well, it took you a long time, but I got through it. You won it. My favorite game. Right. And I'm. So I'm caring. I'm caring. Caring that you got through the game. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. I did one movie with him. Serving Sarah. Serving Sarah. Which I called Serving Nobody. But anyway. We did this movie together and we were walking to set. And he goes, you know, I don't know about that Evil Dead game. I go, really? What do you mean? What do you mean? He goes, I don't know. I've been playing it. And uh, I don't know. I think it's glitchy. <laughs> it's a little glitchy. Glitchy, why? Well, I can't get through it. I went, well, maybe it's not glitchy. Maybe you can just suck at game. And he went into rehab the next day. So there you go. Yes, so uh, you got to take a question from a man with a chainsaw hand. Yes. So I'm just curious, um, out of all the scenes you filmed as Ash, uh, what was your favorite to film? Out of all the, the films I've one? seen filmed as Ash, my favorite ones. Uh, season two, episode two, Ash vs. Evil Dead. I'm not going to tell you what it is. A, there are children here. And B, because if you don't know what it is, you should have seen it already. That was my personal favorite scene. All right, one, like some final amazing question. Yes, man. Yeah. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? <laughs> 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 
What do you garden a lot too? What do you garden and you cook? <laughs> tomatoes, basil. Tomatoes, basil. Boy, I sure love tomatoes and basil. <laughs> what do you cook? What dishes? Your husband's from the Azores. Your husband's from the Azores. Yeah. And the Azorians eat something very particular. And what what does your weird husband from the Azores eat then? What's an Azorian meal? Salt cod. That sounds disgusting. Sir. Be having that at your house. I'm still working on you, baby. Because if you're cooking that shit, I'm not eating that. Yes, 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 Azorian man. That's your son, not your husband. I was going to say. I thought there was a little May December thing going. Yes, a half Azorian son. Uh, I played all the games. You played all the games. We've all played games, sir. Uh, regeneration. Regeneration, and so I'm expected to remember the names of these games. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love how he's doing the Ted Raimi. Me and Ted Raimi. kind of like Doing like the witty band thing. Yeah, right. And yeah. 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 I took him to cello lessons. I've known that little shit. Sorry, kids. I don't was too young. Either. Let's sign some stuff. We're going to take a few minutes to re-rig here. Uh, there's, you know, lots of rules that you'll get shouted at periodically. We know you love your cameras. And we love your cameras too. Take your damn pictures, but we're not going to help you. We're not stopping for finger guns or selfies at the table. You're going to get this a shot of me, the top of my head, signing your crap. Thank you, everybody, tonight. We're going to sign all your stuff, but in order to do that, we sort of do a docu style, right? Yeah, so we'll see you very shortly. Uh, thank you very much for coming out. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.